So we're back this week from uh, another two-week vacation. Uh, went to the East Coast, visit family, and take care of some business, things like that. Uh, yeah, we so we got back together this week to record our, I guess, a news and notes type segment with uh, Nerdables. And <laughs> I tell you what, we you could tell we were a little bit rusty because we could not get a name right to save our fucking lives. Uh, yeah, so uh, here it is. Episode 13 of Nerdables. Just so you know, I'm not a total nerd. I also happen to be super into close-up magic. All right, nerds. Let's nerd! Get those nerds! Nerds! Welcome to another episode of Nerdables. This episode is chock full of pop culture goodness. I'm your host, Rich Rain. With me this week is voiceover diva Travis Jones. Yayo! Are you really a diva? Uh, I'm trying to. Oh, I'm he... not really good at the diva part yet. Oh, okay. He's a, just a D. Uh. And engineer Ethan. I never knew I was an engineer. I didn't know you were you an engineer. You are now. Just do it. Am I? Did you come off the railroad or just, you know? I did, actually. Yeah. No, no. Sound. Sound engineer. Oh. Is that... He's preventing you from sounding worse. <laughs> so is that why we have such crappy sound every once that in a is, while? That is why. Well, you that's when you're... he decides he's had it with you and he just gives up. No, it's really what you, you get what you pay for. Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought you were supposed to be a professional. You know, Shouldn't a professional always be a professional, even when they're not it, being paid? If I was a professional, I'd be getting paid. Good point. Anyways, it's been a couple weeks since we've been on. I went on vacation and didn't trust you two to do anything without me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's how it always Or at least get, I should say, get together without me forcing you. No, no, we know, we know the truth. So there has been a lot of shit going on since we were last on. Last we were on, what, I guess we were talking about Celebration, their Star Wars Celebration in Europe. And right. then there was immediately a follow-up with another major convention, Disney D23, which I'm surprised because I, I, I was under the impression D23 was happening every year. And I thought it did happen every year. I thought it did too, but at the end of this year, it said, we'll see you in 2015. So next, maybe they're going two years now. Or maybe biannually or something? That, well, well, it was supposed to be a biannual event. It was supposed to be taking place twice a year. Well, maybe they just feel like we have nothing coming out in 2014, so what the, <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> We're going to save it. Or, yeah, or but, it could be that they, they're, they've just got way too much work to do, and they're just kind of like, you know, uh, we're not going to have time for this. Well, 2015 is going to be their, the year of Disney, it looks like. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, everything they own is coming out. Yeah, every one of their, their sub-companies has something coming out. You know, Disney has, its own, it has Pirates coming out. Uh, Mar- Marvel has Avengers. Lucasfilm has Star Wars. Pixar has Finding Dory. Yeah, dude. It's going to be a uh, windfall for Disney. In fact, I just read that they're moving Finding Dory to the fall. Yeah, and that's no surprise. Right. Well, and it's possible they may have another Marvel film coming out that year, too. What Uh, are they going to try to throw in? Well, they announced at D23 this year Big, Big Hero 6, which is the old Marvel comic where it's basically uh, San Francisco is San Francisco. Right, right, the whole future mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Like the Neo-Tokyo kind of thing. Exactly. So right. they show, and they showed, <laughs> they showed a little you know, snippet, trailer, or teaser trailer, if you'd like, of a, you know, of a cable car going down one of the big hills in San Francisco, and it's all the Neo, you know, San Fran Tokyo in the background. Yeah, yeah, all neon lights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it looked like, you know, it looked like downtown Tokyo with all the boards and all the you know, mm-hmm. neon lights and everything. Again, this is going to be the first time that a Marvel movie for Disney is going to be animated. Which is going to Yes, that's characters. true. Because Marvel has a number of direct-to-DVD animations and stuff like that. but Before they were with Disney. Right. But this is going to be the first one that actually is going to be in the theater with characters most people, most, even most comic book readers, mm-hmm. you know, have either forgotten about or don't know about. Yeah, this is, no, I mean, uh, that's, that's a fairly obscure title for anyone, you know, I mean, when was the last time that, that book was out? Jeez, uh, I, don't, I don't even know. 80s? It, something like that, yeah. 
But I mean, uh, that old, anybody, you know, younger, anybody that was born in the 80s or later is probably not even going to have reference to it. Yeah. But what, what I'm glad to see with this is that Disney and Marvel are not afraid to take some of the old properties and give them new life. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, this goes back to our discussion about Blade. I mean, Blade wasn't wasn't an old property, but was more an obscure property mm-hmm. that people didn't really know about. So it was like, what's the uh, harm in throwing something out there? Who's right. who's going to be upset if we uh, do poorly with it? The three people that read Blade at that time. <laughs> right. So with that kind of thing, it's kind of, it's almost like they're introducing a brand new storyline. So they can, you know, they can introduce it like any new fresh title. It's like, hey, here's something brand new you've never seen before. Right. Well, this also gives hope to some of the other Marvel properties, like the Runaways and you know, the Young Avengers and things like this. That maybe we'll get to see some of those properties. Made the into Runaways a- was brilliant and then fizzled hard. I know. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when Wheaton was writing that, it was amazing. Oh my God, that thing was good. Yeah. No, anybody that hasn't read Marvel's The Runaways, uh, the first three hardcovers, or it's like the first like five trade paperbacks, but they, they it was that was a brilliant, brilliant, uh, oh, it was, it was really well written one. Yeah, yeah. Well, so anyway, since we are talking about Disney animation, that was what they opened the the convention with on Friday was all of the animated stuff they were doing, right? And you know they talked about Frozen. Um, they talked about Finding Dory and gave a little bit of a teaser of what's going to happen with Finding Dory and some of the characters and you know some of the the actors. Well, they stuff. they really released a lot of the storyline, uh, how the plot of the story is going to run. Oh yeah, they did. It was it was it was real. I was actually surprised that they released so much of it. Uh, one of yeah, the- I mean they basically laid out the plot and said, okay, here's where <laughs> we're starting and here's where we're going. Yeah, and one of the major, 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 major announcements for the Friday show, or Friday uh, panels, was that of the uh, the Disney fairies, um, the new Tinkerbell movies. So the one that's coming out, I believe, in 2014, because they release one a year, the one in 2014 is going to be Tinkerbell and the Pirate Fairy. Don't care. Tom Hiddleston is playing the voice of young Captain Hook. Hey, good for Tom Hiddleston. Still don't care. Yeah. Christina Hendricks is playing the voice of a new fairy that's going to be introduced. Ooh. Again, yes. don't care. Well, <laughs> I yeah, I have to say as a, you know, as a parent of a daughter that watches these movies and, you know, and I sit down with her and watch them, they are very well produced. You know, when you watch them, the animation's really good, the voice acting has always been really good. The story is actually good too. And this one I mean, to get Tom Hiddleston to come in and do, you know, something that's pretty much a low budget compared to what else he's been doing, that's a Big, big deal for them to get him in there. Yeah, I mean, come on. Disney has all the pull in the world, and he's already on the roster and on the, uh, on the payroll for their Marvel house. So it's not a huge stretch to pull in those actors. I do agree that it's like a big deal to pull him in for that specific project, though. Yeah, I mean, because you know, most of the voice actresses and stuff like this, you know, they're, they're either... Voice actresses that you know are—that's all they do, or they're you know they're uh, semi A to B you know actresses actors that they get in there that have very good you know they're very good with voice talent, right? But, also, but to be... bring somebody in there that is a you know right now one of the hottest commodities for something you know that's. You're you're playing a secondary character, really, because Tinkerbell and obviously the original fairies that are part of it are the main characters. You know, you're you're bringing them in to play these other characters. That's you know pr- says something a lot about Disney and their pool with them. But also, it could be Tom being smart and saying not to bite the hand that feeds him. Basically, working with Disney oh, no, enough no, no. times. No, I don't. No. I think don't I think, think it's so? straight up that they probably made him a pretty good offer, and he's a nice guy, and and it was a fun job for him and at the same time how long are those animated films they've got to be no longer than an hour and 15 to an hour and a half that's about what so, their running time is yeah yeah exactly so for him doing that for a recording session he'd be in there and do it in one day yeah and you know that's and, a one day job for him and i could really see you know it, he, they probably did make him a nice offer probably below what he's normally getting but but from seeing him at Comic-Con and things like that, yeah, you know, he, he, I would say he did this just out of a love for the business and, you know, just a love of acting and just yeah. to do something fun. Do something mm-hmm. fun for the kids to watch, too. 
So day two was all of their live action. They Aha. they gave um, <laughs> some screenings. I don't know if they're the full screenings or not of uh, of Shield, you know, and of uh, Once Upon a Time and Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Um, really emphasizing that you know those are kind of the three shows that are getting the most attention for them with this year's season. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> of course, we're going to be doing a show in the next couple of weeks about you know all the fall TV stuff, so we'll really go into that then. But that was you know kind of their their TV stuff was basically those three shows are what they were really hitting on. And then right. they got they got into the movies. Um, you know, obviously with Thor two coming out, they showed some more stuff from Thor two, gave a little bit more. With Guardians and Cap, you know they they did some stuff. And the Guardians didn't really have much of a of a showing here because obviously they're right now in the middle of filming. Right. A lot of yeah. Their- I mean, if you remember back to Comic Con, uh, mm-hmm. the entire or the eight members of the cast and the director flew in. It's James Gunn, right? Right. And uh, they flew in from London after having started filming to go to Comic Con for a day, and were literally all loading onto a plane to fly back out. Right. right. It seems like. All of the Guardians news that has come out in the last week has come out after D3, or D23, excuse me. Um, but Thor 2, that um, they just announced, and I just saw this the, the other day, um, Ryan Taylor, who's the director of Thor 2, mm-hmm. has decided to do some pickup scenes with Loki to add him more into the film. So the movie's two and a half months out. It's, it's not uncommon for a film to do pickup scenes. You know, this close to being released. Sometimes even closer. Well, I mean, it happens, but I would I would lean more towards it happens less often than right than you know. It's not a typical move to do something two or three months out of release. It depends. Uh, Star Wars was known for doing it. You know, Lucas always did pick up shots after the after he got a, a, a almost a finished piece. You know, and he'd do. That's when um, the whole droid factory thing in episode two came two months before the film came out. You can see that in the film. It right. looked like it was something that was just thrown in there, and that's kind of where I'm going with this. Is I want see I want to see more Loki in the film, obviously, but I'm well, I don't hoping, know how much Loki already exists in there. You know, right? That's another point too. Yeah, but I'm hoping they're not just shoehorning him into the film. Uh, you know, when you do stuff like that, it concerns me that they are. Now, it, it could be a simple thing as they did, they filmed a scene during regular filming. It didn't work out, but the director saw something in the scene that he was like, no, this really, this point needs to come across for the story to, to move forward. We're going to redo the scene in a different way and we're going to reshoot it in a different way so that it actually fits into the film. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's what you would hope is happening. That's what you would hope. I'm hoping you know, a smart that- directors doing, but uh, when you start doing like extra, 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 it 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 can get ugly quickly. Right, and I'm hoping that it's just you know, they needed to make some tweaks to certain scenes and things like that. But the way that the article was written, and I'm not going to give it away or anything like that because you know that's not fair to whoever wrote it. If that was all hearsay or not, which I'm hoping it is, but the way they made the article sound was that. Ryan Taylor had gone back and decided that he needed more Loki in the film. It could have yeah. been that they have a finished product already, like they have the movie finished uh, as far as editing and special effects and all that stuff, and they sat down and previewed it with the editor, and he's like, well, I think it would work better in this spot with more Loki in it or something well, like that. Well, as you see from the from one trailer, as you see Loki's in prison and Thor comes to him. Mm-hmm. If right. they if they added scenes with Thor and Loki or Odin and, and Loki, so it may be that Odin's coming to visit Loki while he's in the prison, and you know they can be added things into it that's not you know trying trying to throw him into a big battle or something right. or you know something that's going on in things the that they don't else. have to keep adding more special effects to or something right. something that's quick and they can edit it together before the movie actually goes out. Right, but yeah, the way it was the way it was presented was that it, you know Hiddleston and um, Hopkins would be in more in more scenes together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean that's that's great as long as it fits into the story and doesn't, like you said, shoehorn him in to just force more Loki in because people really like Loki and we want more Loki, so let's give them more Loki because well, they want more Loki. And see, that's what made me wonder was you know the first time it, when I read this, I was the first thing that popped into my mind was, do you think that the response that Hiddleston got at Comic Con 
influenced Taylor into doing this? Because there was such a massive response. I mean, you saw, you've seen the footage of when Hiddleston came out as Loki. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and the place Gunn went nuts and people right. were interacting with him, and he, he stayed in character, and he was obviously having a great time. So mm-hmm. Right, and, you know, and, and Loki is one of those characters that is the likable villain. You know, you, they've created such a character with this, this version of Loki that you root for him, even though you know he's going, he wants to take over the Nine Realms and everything. He's you, a flawed villain, so it's, that's why I yeah. kind of, it, he seems more personable than most you know, supervillains. Yeah, I mean, you you really, you know, and that goes to a lot of what, you know, Hiddleston brought to the character. But it's one of those characters where you want to see more of him. And I, you know, and I and I hope that it works because, you know, as I stated, Thor is probably one of my favorite Marvel movies, if not the most, you know, my most favorable. Sure. But, and I want Thor 2 to be on that same par. And, you know, and Thor is one of my favorite Marvel characters, so I I I just I really hope that it's not going to be a detriment to the film by having him, you know, added more scenes into it. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I mean, obviously, all we can do is hope that it doesn't do something to it and you know clunk up the storyline and put juxtaposed scenes next to scenes that don't make any sense. You hope that that doesn't uh, break the film, but uh, yeah, that's and- always sketchy when the when the basis is not hey we have to fix a little bit of the story that we didn't get in our original run, so we're going to add this in to complete the story, as opposed to, we want more Loki. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is when you're just trying to say, like, I'm just going to force an, a character in more because I want more of that character. Right, and Cap hasn't really, you know, there hasn't been anything really going on with Cap. Uh, they didn't, I mean, they showed the footage, things like that. But they're pretty much wrapping up or, or in the final stages of post. I guess not even really the final, but they're getting closer to it. And, you know, so they, they're keeping things kind of hush-hush. The, I can tell you that I did see that on the Iron Man 3 DVD, there's going to be the, you know how they do the uh, Marvel shorts, the one-shots for the DVDs? Yep. Yeah. There's going to be an Agent Carter one. Okay. So, oh, really? Yeah, so it's should be interesting to see how they're going to do Agent Carter, who, as we know, is also Agent 13, who is Steve Rogers' love interest, and also the right. granddaughter of... Really? Peggy Come on! Carter? Yes! Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. God. Yeah, we I thought didn't know you were, were going to go proposing a question yeah, to Yeah, I us. thought you were actually just going to... No, go I was and... waiting for one of you to, to... I was waiting for you to just roll with it. It was yeah. trivia. Okay. Oh. That's okay. something that would so, be nice to know ahead of okay, time. Okay, so... Ethan, just just punch him and move on. Just somebody just say it like they just were interested. <laughs> so, Alan Horn came out, um, I think, close to the beginning of the panel or something, and he wanted to, you know, he was basically introducing the new properties into Disney and making the, I guess, official announcement to the fans of the umbrella of properties that are underneath the Disney title. So, it comes out, and there's a big, you know, LED screen behind him, and it says Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, and you know, the crowd goes nuts when he mentions Lucasfilm. Oh yeah, I'm I'm actually angry that we took this long to get to this point. Yeah. Why? Because damn it, we need to talk about Star Wars. Oh well, we're gonna be talking about Star Wars for the next ten years to come. Yep. So let's go. Anyways, he comes out to say, "Look at this amazing family we have brought together." And, you know, we obviously know everything about Marvel, about Pixar, Lucasfilm. He says, you know, we have Kathleen Kennedy. She is heading up the Lucasfilm part of, branch of us. And she is producing. Right, we already the, know that. Right. She's producing a new Star Wars film. Okay, yeah, that. right, great. Yay. Yeah, we already know that. So what's, tell us more. John Williams is going to score the next Star yeah, Wars no, trilogy. No, you guys already revealed that at, at, in London when you, did the, when you did the celebration in London. So we already know that. I mean, that's awesome. That's great. But, but tell us more. J.J. Abrams is directing Episode 7. But we know dude, that. Dude, you announced that like eight months ago. What the fuck's wrong with you? Just tell us. We want to fucking know about the movie. Tell us about the goddamn movie. Okay, you ready? It's coming out yeah. in 2015. Okay. okay, you already announced that like six months ago. So... Okay, so awesome. You got out all the old news. So tell us the new stuff. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Uh, so when did the pitchforks and uh, torches well, get thrown at him? Well, the crowd immediately responded with boos. And there were even some Star Wars toys that were thrown back up onto the stage. 
in protest. <laughs> I could just imagine him getting hit in the head with like a Luke figure. <laughs> like just now, now I've heard that this is all hearsay. Is this is this real? Did this really really happen, or was this all fabrication? You know by what? I don't, the way it was originally presented was that the entire crowd started throwing their Star Wars toys up on stage. <laughs> So everyone, have... everyone in the audience had twenty different Star Wars toys to launch at the <laughs> exactly. At Either it was them just like planning, let's just bring all our Star Wars toys to throw at people just in case we don't like it, or the the stuff that they bought, which I don't understand why they would just buy something just to throw it at somebody. Now I, I could be wrong because I, there were so many different news sources that were throwing this information. Up I highly online. doubt it. Well, I, I can't remember if, and I, I, I could be completely wrong. But I think the Disney uh, Facebook page, which was covering a lot of the the, you know, the D23 stuff, even mentioned that some Star Wars toys were thrown up on stage. Well, another idea could be that they were just plants to make a, make a story out of it. Like they have Disney just hired some people to throw toys at them. <laughs> but here's my big question. Okay, yes, everybody was expecting to get, you know, everybody's been expecting to get Star Wars news. Since what last December when they you know threw it out there? Hey, guess what? We're gonna make more Star Wars films. Yeah, when when the first rumors hit and they were like, okay, so new Star Wars, and then people started getting themselves into a foaming fervor further, the You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm good at I'm good at English. Uh, so ever since then, people were kind of like, okay, you need to start telling us things now. And you know, as time has gone by, they've slowly leaked out bits of information but there's still no concrete who's in it who what the story is going to be based around i mean there's even been you know photos posted on twitter by uh good old jj abrams of the red script i mean everybody's seen the red script photo where right. he's like here's the newest the newest version of the script for me to read through so well it's just it's one of those things where you know everybody was like okay they're going to say stuff that you know at, at comic-con they're going to say stuff at comic-con Oh, wait, they didn't say anything at Comic-Con. Wait, you know what? They're going to save it. They're saving it for Celebration. You know they're saving it for Celebration. Oh, wait, there was nothing at Celebration. Oh, that's because they're saving it for D23. Because that's where, you know, Disney announces all their stuff. It's going to be D23. Yeah. Do they remember who's directing this? J.J. Abrams doesn't release information. Do we that's not? That's very true. Do we not remember when the first Star Trek came out? There was no information. It took them almost up to the year of release to really start announcing who was in the cast. Do you remember, uh, <laughs> hell, just pick one of his movies at random, you know? Right. None of them are released. You don't, Yeah, look at Cloverfield. Nobody even knew what it was about. Cloverfield. You never saw the monster. Hell, you didn't even really see the monster in the mon movie. <laughs> but, right, yeah. But that's the way he is. He likes to keep things spoiler-free. So they haven't started filming, obviously, because that's not going to happen until probably beginning of 2014. There's yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd suspect that they're going to start getting way closer to filming towards the end of this year. Yeah. well, he's already, I wouldn't be surprised if they start filming at the end of this year. He's already said that, you know, at the, towards the end of the year, he's moving his family to London. Right. You know, and he wants to do it in enough time where they get there and can get settled in before, you know, daddy's off working. Yeah, I mean, exactly. like, technically, it's the casting just got revealed last month. So, I mean, I, I can definitely see. But that was just that was even be... just a breakdown of some of the minor characters, right? There's well, still we a... don't even know if it's minor characters or not. We just True. know that was the first big flood of casting calls for Star Wars. True. Yeah, no, and then thinking like how long a casting project usually goes for a movie like this. Well, it depends. You know? I mean, you can you can cast a film, you know, pretty quickly. It just depends on how much of the script was done, how many, you know, how if they had to go back and rewrite the script or make some changes, sure. you know, the casting process. Yeah, it's probably started. I mean, it's it started. I can guarantee you. Oh, casting process is already well into effect because yeah. if you no, if you get saying. your, I mean, we we saw it what a month or two ago, and you already see like, hey, here's our first slew of characters that were casting, and we mm -hmm. we got official confirmation that those were characters that were being cast, but they were just general i mean complete generalizations of what the characters will be oh, yeah. once you're kicking that out there you're in full blown casting mode you, that means that they're 
at the very least, they're casting every character starting that day. It's just a matter of are they calling in specific actors? Are they doing multiple casting calls? Like how is that all breaking down? We don't exactly know. But once you start running your casting, you're, you're casting, dude. You're getting that thing done and you have a finite amount of time to get that finished before you have to get into pre-production rehearsals and shooting. Mm-hmm. Right. Because with that kind of movie, the, the costuming, the makeup, everything else, they're going to be working on that for a while. Right. So, you know... There was, I mean, other than the big Star Wars fiasco, what seemed to really take over a lot of the, the you know, the news coming out of D23, you know, there was still uh, some other live-action movies mentioned. Maleficent was announced, or, you know, and they had Angelique come on, uh, Angelina Jolie come on stage, and she conjured up some new footage from the movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. And, and who was directing this? Brad Bird, for people that don't automatically know is the man who made my favorite uh, Pixar movie of all time, The Incredibles. Yes. Nice. So he directed, and he, a uh, little, little bit of trivia for everybody, mm-hmm. he is Edna Mode. Brad Bird oh, yeah. played the part of Edna Mode. Wow. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Edna Mode is Brad Bird, and Brad Bird is the director. He also directed the uh, newest uh, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, which yeah. uh, did really well. <laughs> uh, that's actually probably, one of my fav- that's probably my favorite Mission Impossible movie. And here's, here's a really fun one. Uh, here's a little cross to the rest of our uh, program today. Uh, there was a little announcement about a uh, doctor in the BBC world. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to save that for a minute. I want to save that one. No, no, I understand. But here's, a fun, part. here's a fun little piece. He's, he's going to be in Maleficent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I stole it from you. I took it from you. I nice little it tidbit. Right, right out from under your feet. If you so, didn't know Angelina Jolie talking about the movie saying how every child that came up to her to take pictures was afraid of her oh, while yeah. she was in costume, except her own daughter, <laughs> which awesome. thought it was amazing. Nice. I, I, you know what? Honestly, I think she is perfectly cast for that. Yeah. No, I didn't. It, I can see it. So they also announced the Tomorrowland film and showed some uh, sketches and photos and a short animated clip for it. What is that going to be? I don't know. I'm I'm excited is, I, and like, scared I, at the same time. Dude, well, okay, Tomorrowland was always kind of like Adventureland and Tomorrowland were my two like favorites, but but like Tomorrowland was always like that's the space and Space Mountain. That was always my favorite stuff, so I was always so they announced a Tomorrowland film. I'm like, but but uh, what? How are you is it going to be a film about the park? area or is it a film about the quote-unquote Tomorrowland that Disney dreams of like it, I don't it get follows it follows two adventurers who walk through Tomorrowland and that's it <laughs> no I'm just kidding I have no idea but that would be pretty lame actually <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like playing the Disneyland game on uh there you go on, on the, the connect. connect oh my god but seriously what is that gonna be yeah, I and mean, you know, nobody really knows. That's well, the it's, it's slightly like, exciting, but I'm kind of like, but what? Well, I know that they're um, they're pulling out some uh, of the old archive footage and stuff like that, and you know that they had. Unless it's going to be somewhat of like some sort of documentary slash bio movie, I don't know. Wait, like Brad Bird's not directing uh, Maleficent. He's directing Tomorrowland. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Flip that around. Yeah. Completely reverse <laughs> that sideways. I'm sitting here going, wait, this doesn't sound right. No, my brain, yeah, sorry, guys. My brain went sideways. Good job, Travis. Jeez. Thank you very much. You're Jeez. welcome, world. Yeah, he's, he's directing that along with, um, who else was it? I just saw it. Is, uh, what is it, Damon? They, yeah. Damon Lindelof? Yes. Mm-hmm. They, they are directing that piece. No, they're directing uh, Tomorrowland. Right. <laughs> so we just fucked up the whole thing. Yes. So, anyways, uh, I'm not even so sure. So the thing about the doctor is right. He is in Maleficent he, yes. with Angelina Jolie. Brad Bird and Damon Lindelof are working on Tomorrowland, and everything I said about Brad Bird is correct. It was just the wrong movie that he was associated with. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, he, he also directed um, By the way, I stupid sometimes. You know, he also directed Ratatouille, which is one of the most underrated Pixar films, too. It, it, Ratatouille? Ratatouille. It's Ratatouille. Come on, man. What Ratatouille? Hell? You, gotta, you, you don't <laughs> have to hit every yes. T. <laughs> okay, there was my dumb moment. You don't have to uh, hit every T. <laughs> I just, yeah, there's so many of them, I decided to skip a few. 
You didn't skip any of them. <laughs> oh, no. You, you added, if anything. <laughs> Whatever. I like the tea. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. So, Brad, the Bradbird Tomorrowland film is being closely guarded. But, you know, they are releasing a little bit of stuff. They're, they're not, the plot is completely being guarded. Um, it's very odd. I don't, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I love Tomorrowland, and I love Brad Bird, so I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath to see what this is. But I'm also kind of like, what? What are you, what? Why? How? Okay. But sticking with Tomorrowland, nice segue, yes. there is a lot of talk about a transformation in Tomorrowland. And a lot of people are wondering if it has to do with the orange harvest boxes that were seen at D23. Obviously, orange harvest? Orange harvest, yes. What does orange harvest have to do with anything? Well, orange harvest is a play on the old Star Wars Return of the Jedi film, secretly named Blue Harvest. But these you boxes, don't say. These boxes were done in the exact same font. And one of the boxes had a burn mark where it looked like R2-D2 or another astromech droid tried to escape. And they were done up right next to a big map that showed the Disney parks throughout the world. So there's a lot of speculation, and there were rumors going around that this is the first indication that some of the Disney parks are going to start receiving some more Star Wars attractions. Okay, so we're going to take that as fact and automatically assume it's true, and I'm going to leave the show to go buy tickets to Disneyland. You're going to get your passes now? I'm going to go get my passes. Well, to add to this rumor, there was a a lot of whispering going around um, D23 that... Thank you. This is why you're Engineer Ethan. There's Engineer Ethan again, doing something. There was a lot of whispering and hearsay, and you know, they're, they're... that actually holds a little bit of weight to it that some of the attractions at Disneyland mm-hmm. are going to be converted into Star Wars attractions. Mm-hmm. What? Yes. There is a nice old track that runs right... Okay, up- let's, let's start all of this with nothing was shown, nothing was announced, nothing was discussed by anyone officially at D23. This is all people putting pieces together... To Correct. make a hole out of a puzzle. Correct. That now still has a hole. <laughs> there are still some holes. and it There is, are a lot of holes, but continue with your story. We do know for fact that Disney has announced there will be more Star Wars attractions coming to the parks. A Star Wars, Star Wars inization? Yes, a Star Wars in a, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a Star Wars is nation. Is nation. No, Whatever. Wow. Yeah, continue. Anyways. And it says, you know, there, there is possibly that it's starting this coming winter, which would mean that they would be starting the construction, and next summer there could be some attractions opening. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you need to take your yearly pass down to Anaheim as quickly as possible and start telling us which rides have been shut down until further notice. From, From now on, I will, Rich, there, I will be there next week anyways. <laughs> From now on, you got to stay at Disneyland and... Just that's report from there. That's not very what hard. Just stay there. Just just go like live just in the live castle in that's up there in like the middle of Disneyland. You know? My my daughter told me the other night she wants to live at Disneyland. So this is not something far fetched for my go. family. She's not wrong. And and you would do it if you could. Oh yeah. There is a track that um, hasn't been used. Oh, the old train track on top. Well, it's not really a train track. It was a it was a people passenger track. Um, in the actually, last... it's had a lot of iterations over the years. It, it has. was. It was a futuristic speeder track. It was a people tram. It was an actual ride that at one point went through that big, large auditorium at the very back uh, that uh, until recently had uh, Honda's Osimo or whatever. It's Innovations. Um, what's that? It's, it's the Building of Innovations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Building of Innovations. So Which it, they actually, actually had the Iron Man 3. Uh, they, they, What's that? Uh, sorry to cut you off, but they, they had the Iron Man 3 Hall of Armor there. Right, right, right. And so that, that track actually used to go all the way through around the, not the exterior, but it went around the entire thing, and it used to be like a little picture show. Kind of like if you've ever been on the train, the, the steam train uh, at Disneyland, mm-hmm. and you know 
that when you go on the train at a certain part, it does the whole like history of time and there's the dinosaurs and stuff. It kind of had dinosaurs. Right when you leave like Tomorrowland, you, if you get on at Tomorrowland, before, between Tomorrowland and the main, uh, main, the main station, station, there you go through prehistoric. Mm-hmm. And you get to yeah, see the so dinosaurs. like at, it's it's had iterations. It was a ride. It was a people mover. It was kind of like a diorama viewing thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's lived different lives. This track, and as of right now, it's just a track. It's been sitting dormant because I, I know when I first moved to California, and that was ninety nine. Um, you could ride it as the people mover, and it had this whole right. little thing of how it was going to be the people mover, and it was going to go from all the way up to the to San Fernando Valley from Anaheim, and then back down. And you know, it was supposed to be like this big major thing, and it was supposed to be moving you faster than you could on, you know, the the car or bus or you know yeah it was going to be the fastest transport right Mm -hmm. and the lines to get on it you used to have to go into what is now buzz lightyear and you'd have to go down and around and up and then you'd finally get up to the big platform up top and that's where you right. would get onto the ride. And it was fun. It was and fast. That's, that's the way it always used to be. So uh, I went to Disneyland as a kid a few times. So I had been there in the 80s and in the 90s before you ever moved out here. Right. And it, it, that's the way it was always kind of like that's how you got up to that place. So here's, here's some interesting history for you. Uh, if you guys go online and look at a map of Disneyland, the way that people mover or that tram or whatever we want to call it, that little – you know, space uh, track up on top of where we're talking about. It used to go around the rocket ships. Like there's the little rocket ships that spin around in a circle and you can you, control them up and down. When you first walk into Tomorrowland. When you first walk into Tomorrowland, there's like a little like a planetarium type uh, planet thing that has the rocket ships attached to it. That used to be up on the top of the platform where Rich is talking about where you would walk out and get onto the tracks for this people mover. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, the rockets were actually raised up to the second story. So when you actually got raised up to the top of the rockets, you were about three stories up. It was really cool. And the way you had to get up to the rockets was there was an old red elevator that was kind of like the uh, rocket platform, the elevator you would ride for the space shuttle out in Florida. Mm-hmm. So you would get into this elevator and it would ride you to the top. And at the top of the elevator, you would either get to the right for the rockets or to the left for the people mover. Right. And that all used to be one big, huge thing. And then it changed into they shut down the rockets and you would go into the building where Buzz is and there would be, you know, switchbacks, uh, you know, where you'd get in lines with the ropes, you know, cordoned off and you'd go in the building and come out basically a trap or a fake door in the building onto the platform and walk onto it from there. So looking at what they did with Star Tours, the new iteration of Star Tours... Mm -hmm they could very possibly be doing something like that with where Buzz Lightyear is. Right. Well, the rumor is that the, the people mover track is going to turn into a Star Wars speeder race. So oh, we really? We, we don't know if it's going to be a, you know, the speeder bikes, the land speeders, the pod racers, swoop bikes. We don't know what it's going to be, but that's what the rumor is that it's going to turn into is a Star Wars theme racetrack. Well, the question would be, are they going to take it from the new movies or are they going to take it from just the expanded, the, you know, the expanded universe of Star Wars? I would say it's either most likely going to either be the pod race because that's going to be one of the things the kids most identify with or land speeders or speeder bikes. Those are the So three. pod racers from episode one. Land speeders from, you know. Land speeders Luke, from Luke's, Tatooine right, and Luke. Luke, Luke uh, from... Uh, New Hope. Wow. Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Tatooine. New Hope. First Hope. First movies. Uh, then we've also got the speeder bikes from Endor and Return of the Jedi. And you could say which that, that they also, awesome. also slash uh, Episode 3 because they did use them in Episode 3 as well. Yeah, they had a version of them in there. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, I, well, I, heck, I, they could even be doing like Jedi Starfighters. Yeah. yeah. You could turn those into little single two-person pods and race them. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of possibilities, but... I'm just glad to see that that track is going, you know, if this happens, see that that track is finally used because I love that ride. I was sad when it closed down because you're above everything else. It went really fast. You know, when you got into it, that first initial launch, I mean, really just launched you. Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. And you stand down there and you'd see the people that go and you're just like, you just go like 
80 miles an hour right away. I was just like, oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. So the well, other think of how cool those rockets used to be when they were up on the second floor, dude. Right? Yeah. When you pulled that stick all the way up to the top, you were literally three stories over everybody else. You were you were up <laughs> as high as like Space Mountain's needle. Yeah. You know awesome. what'd be nice is if they took Utopia and turned that into like a uh, pod race or something. Huh. But uh, you know, I, I, you know, they are wanting to facelift and put some Star Wars stuff. But I don't think that you're going to see Tomorrowland turn into Star Wars Land, and you know, I don't think Space Mountain is ever going to go anywhere. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it and how far they go because Space, Space Mountain is like the fixture of Tomorrowland. So that mm-hmm. – I mean if they changed that, I'd, I'd kill them. Right. Well, it's, it's like taking – They've already that, got Star Tours. It would mm-hmm. be like taking out Pirates of the Caribbean or taking out you know, Small World or one of those rides. Yeah, Matterhorn. Yeah, yeah. we're going to get rid of the Matterhorn. What? But the other thing they're talking about doing – and I don't see how this one's going to work – so I don't know how true this one is. Is they're talking about taking where Captain EO is, which is the Michael Jackson um, space movie, space movie, yeah, space three D movie adventure that was originally at Epcot Center. Epcot, wow, Epcot at Epcot Center. Ratatouille. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Ratatouille. Um, and now it's it's you know in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. They're talking about turning that into a full three D theater and screening Star Wars films there. Mm-hmm. So. I don't see how that's going to work because now you're talking, you know, what would have been an, you know, I guess the Captain EO was. Uh, well, they hour, brought Captain EO back as a special deal and they said it was going to be a limited time, so. Right. Yeah. But even, even, you know, that's probably like an hour of your time. You're talking like a two hour plus movie, you know, that's going to be screened there. And, and then it could also stay there as Captain EO. It's just, you know, they're also going to use that theater as far as. Well, I think, I think movies. I think Captain EO is pretty much done. You know, it's it's well, yeah. already dated. It, you know, no, and they switched it to the Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and then they <laughs> changed it back once Michael Jackson died, just yeah. as a tribute to him. So I mean, like, yeah, it's been a couple of years now. I don't see why not. So unless they're going to show like you know, take like a Star Wars movie and turn it to something smaller, you know, like cut out all of Jar Jar. There you go. <laughs> they're going to be showing Clone Wars nonstop. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, they could do... Just the know. droid factory over and over again. So it oh looks like, God. but it looks like, you know, not not just in film, but Disney is going to embrace and exploit Star Wars as much as they can. And they'd be stupid not to. It's a cash but cow. Yeah, they, they spent $4 billion on it. Why not? Before we switch gears away from Disney into one of the things I'm very, very excited about, um, there's a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy news this week. Uh, Vin Diesel has come out and said he is going to be the voice. He's going to be voicing Groot, mm-hmm. who is in Guardians of the Galaxy, who, if you don't know, is basically a giant tree that is a killing machine. Yep, who's awesome. Um, I'm just worried that they're going to go away from you know the way Groot is now, which is basically Groot says, "I am Groot for everything," and now he's going to be talking, which I really hope not because you, you know, never know. He could just be. Well, uh, I would I say grouped. harken back to Iron Giant. I was just going to say that. Yeah. And if you look at Iron Giant, I mean, Vin Diesel has all of five lines in that movie. Yes. Um, but apparently Vin Diesel was telling his Facebook followers that Marvel was a little pissed at him for uh, revealing this information, that, that he's Groot. I still call bullshit on that. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things I, where... I honestly think it was Marvel being like, hey, Vin, why don't you go ahead and tell your Facebook followers and then we'll just make it seem like we're mad at you. That's true, but Vin Diesel does have a tendency to really talk too much to his Facebook followers. So what? He's promoting the movie. I don't understand why they would be upset. Um, they would be upset because they don't want information about characters they may or may not have announced or storylines or plot lines or who's playing characters. There's, yeah, but in I the understand end, the idea of secrecy. At the same time, this could also be something that they told him to do, and it's all BS. And yeah. he actually was doing it with permission, and they just put it out there that they're upset so that it creates more controversy right. and interest in the story. I think it's the latter. There have been a lot of pictures that have been showing up from the set of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, looks like they just closed down London's Millennium Bridge to do a lot of shooting on it. Uh, there's been tons of pictures showing up on the internet from that. You know, basically mm-hmm. of, of aliens and people running and not a whole lot of you know, details that would show plots or any of the main characters, but it looks like there's been a lot of background footage and whatnot being filmed. 
And rumor has it that director James Gunn may be casting his brother, Sean, as the voice of Rocket Raccoon. Now, that's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, nepotism gone too far. I mean, because <laughs> James does put his brother in a lot of the films he does. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in, in his own right, Sean Gunn is a good actor, a producer, writer. You know, he's done a lot of things. But Are you just upset because you don't get to do it? A little bit. Rocket Raccoon's so cool. James has said that, you know, his brother will be involved in the film, but it's going to be a heard and not seen type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm more upset because one of the names that Marvel has been throwing out that they really were interested in putting in that role is David Tennant. And as you know, David Tennant is... Oh, so you're just upset because it's a Doctor Who slight. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're talking Jason Staten was also up for it, and but <laughs> I really wanted David Tennant in it because, you know, as a major Doctor Who fan. Yeah. Oh, we know why. Oh, yes. But he's not playing the Doctor, so therefore... Well, he so is. Not worth it. He is still playing the Doctor one more time in oh. the 50th anniversary. Oh, sorry. But as we speaking see, of doctors, speaking of doctors, what another great segue, huh? Over the week, um, August fourth to be exact, BBC did a worldwide broadcast at the exact same time to announce the twelfth Doctor. And surprise, it's Idris Elba. <laughs> no. no, no. Okay, it's Tom Hiddleston. No, it's Emma Watson. No, no. what no. a woman. Uh, uh, no. It's, oh, it's they... another big guy. Oh wait, no, it's not. It's it is Peter Capilotti. Oh. Wow, dude, that's two names you've butchered. It is. It's Capilotti. I thought it was going to be Capaldi. Matt Damon. Capaldi. Capaldi. You can do it. Capaldi. I thought it was going to be Matt Damon. No, Matt Damon, Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. No, but Matt Damon. Uh, no, no. That's uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg wants to play the voice of, or wants to be wants Tony, to Spark. It, 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 Tony, Tony Spark. Tony Spark? <laughs> Jeez, Tony just Spark. stop talking for a little while. Get your tongue in, in, in gear. Holy shit, what the fuck? And then we'll come back to it. Tony Spark. You did it again. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Tony Spark is X-Men. Or it's a, a X-Men. Damn it. X-Men, yeah. Tony Spark is in the X-Men. Just stop for a second. Yes. Take a deep breath, Rich. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Drink I a was little glass say, of water. I was going to say. His name is spelled C-A-P-A-L-D-I, not C-A-P-A-L-A-L-A-D-I-D-A-D-I. It's Capaldi. <laughs> it is Peter Capaldi. Who, this Good job. Not his first run in Doctor Who. Wait, he's been there before? Yes, it seems like a lot of people have been used in Doctor Who and then brought back in major roles. Um, he was actually played. Um, uh, well, shit, it was in. Uh, it was Fires of uh, Pompeii. It was. Um, he was the Roman merchant. Yes, he was a Roman merchant. He was the main. Um, Can you pronounce that name? Caliculus. What there is it? Go. Huh? What, what's it's the Caliculi- name? It's Caliculus. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> What, did I butcher that one, too? Pretty bad. Probably. Well, then what is it? I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I'm smart. I'm there keeping myself safe. Okay. But, yes. I he, think it's Cassilius. Cassilius? Yeah. You know what? I need to go back and watch the episode now to see. <laughs> and I will. Okay. You do that. But wasn't he not just on Doctor Who? Well, first of all... The Fires of Pompeii also featured somebody else that became very prominent in Doctor Who also. Who that? That would be Karen Gillian. Hey, Karen Gillian. That was not that was my mouth hitting the microphone too much. <laughs> Karen Gillian played a soothsayer in it. And as everybody knows, she went on to be Amy Amelia Pond. Who is arguably one of the best companions that they've had in Doctor Who. Anyways, yes, he did also play in another Doctor Who show spinoff, which is uh, Torchwood. And my phone is just blowing the shit up right now. Anyways, so, yeah, he played in Torchwood, which is an anagram for Doctor Who, by the way. He was in uh, the uh, Torchwood episode of Children of the Earth, which BBC America has been playing nonstop now because of Capaldi's now announcement of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other some fascinating news about it. You know, Cabaldi, his, his first, I mean, I guess the role everybody would really know him for, other than Torchwood, uh, is that he played the foul-mouthed spin doctor Malcolm Tucker in the BBC series The Thick of It. 
um, which is now available on Blu-ray and DVD. <laughs> nice plug there. You like that? And the other thing, um, Capaldi is probably the second oldest Doctor to be cast. The first one being William Harnell, which obviously everybody knows is the first Doctor. I didn't know that. Of course you didn't. So that wasn't obvious. I think we lost Travis. Did we? Travis? Nope, I'm here. Ah. Oh, you just got very quiet, especially <laughs> talking about Doctor Who. Well, I, I'm letting you do your thing. Oh, well, thank you. This is, this is your, your chance to blow your load. So we're going from the youngest Doctor, which is Matt Smith, to now the oldest to the second oldest Doctor, uh, Peter Capaldi. Is that going to cause a problem? Um, I don't know. You know, there's a I lot bring of, it up for a reason. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of mixed reactions to it. Um, it looks well, aside like, from the fact that a lot of people were, were getting really jazzed about this announcement because they were like, we have a huge announcement and we're going to do a live, like, worldwide announcement to the world about the new Doctor. And everybody was like, oh, my God, this is going to be a huge actor. This is going to be a really big actor and it's going to be a really big deal. And is uh, Who's Peter Capaldi? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, but I mean... British, the British audience knows him. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. The British audience knows him very well. Travis fell in a hole. <laughs> yeah, the British audience knows him. The, the American audience you know, doesn't know him as well, um, which actually, you know, what's really ironically funny is that his last role before this announcement was that he was in World War Z, and he played yeah. a doctor who worked for the organization Who. The World Health Organization. The World uh, Health Organization. Uh, Isn't that kind uh, of... I see what they did do there. Do you see it? That was kind of... I see what they was did that, was there. That, do you think that was a belligerent uh, attempt at doing that, or do you think no. it was an accident? No, that that's was just a coincidence. That was just a major coincidence. How awesome is that for a coincidence? Uh, isn't that cool, though? Yeah. When I first read that, I was like, holy shit. That's right. It was named Who? Anyway, so, um, yeah, there's a lot of mixed reactions to him being the Doctor. Um, a lot of fans were wanting an older Doctor. You know, when Matt Smith took over, they, everybody was screaming, uh, he's too young, you know, we don't know who he is, we want, you know, we need somebody that we know. I mean, one of the major people that people were wanting as the Doctor now was you, Laurie. And you, Laurie, is probably about the same age as Capaldi. Mm. Which is kind of funny because of how much... Um Steam Doctor Who has picked up in the last couple of years, and most of it is with like a younger fan base. Yeah. So I mean, like, um, it it was kind of an interesting move, I think, that they got a, a much older actor to play the next Doctor. Yeah. What's funny is, um, my wife doesn't want to know who the new Doctor is yet. She wants to be surprised when it happens. Yeah, you probably already told her though. No, I haven't. I haven't. And uh, she's stayed off my Facebook page, and she won't listen to. Is she episode. is she home right now? No, no. That's who is was, she going to listen to this? That was who blo- was blowing up my phone a minute ago. Um, she probably won't listen to this, just be, or at least this part of it. And you know, we should have gave a spoiler warning on the beginning of that part, but you know, it's too late now. Eh. Fuck it. If well, you no, you just do this. You just cut this in. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, we were watching um, uh, Torchwood, you know, Children of the Earth, uh, when, since it was on, and I told her, I said, you know, the new Doctor's in here. And we're standing there, and she's standing there watching the end of it. And there's a part where Capaldi, you know, does something that it's very dramatic for the piece and very, you know, smart for the piece. But when you're looking at it, especially if you look at it out of context, you're like, "Ooh, wait!" And he's going to be the new Doctor, and he just did that. You know, she's standing there and she's watching this happen. She goes, "I really hope I'm not watching the new Doctor now." And ah, you are. I know. You and are. I didn't. I, I was just sitting there. I was standing behind her, and I was like cringing, like, "Oh God!" Because she's already said, you know, because our whole front room is Doctor Who. We, you know, we have a TARDIS in the front room. We have, you know, all yes, kinds we of, get it. You are the biggest Whovians in the United States, right? Well, you know, and our daughter's, you know, a Whovian and everything. But the problem is, she she told me she goes, "If I don't like this new Doctor, we're gonna have to change our whole front room." And as soon as she said that, I'm just standing there going, oh, God, no. <laughs> what the Everything fuck? I own has to go out. <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do with a, with a six-foot-tall TARDIS? You sell it on eBay. <laughs> yeah, no way. So anyways, yeah, the, um, Matt Smith will be bowing out at the Christmas special. Yep. So we have two more episodes, if you will, with Matt Smith. We have the 50th anniversary, which is going to be an hour and a half long 
Um, and it's slated to be on air, I think, the 23rd of November, which is the 50th anniversary, uh, which will also feature David Tennant coming back as the 10th Doctor. Thank uh, God. Right. We'll also have Billy Piper back as Rose Tyler. Awesome. Right. And we will have John Hurt as the mysterious Doctor. Other Doctor. Other Doctor. Some incarnation of the Doctor. And if you watched the season finale of Doctor Who last year, or this, I guess, past spring or whatever, um, you will see that John Hurt made his appearance in the name of the Doctor. And it was quite a big reveal at the end. So hopefully, and whatever happens in the 50th might trail over into the Christmas special, you know? explaining how we're going back to an older doctor which they I guess they don't really need to explain anything with doctor who because you know when you have a when you have a TV show that main that the main character can change anytime you basically want him to you don't really need to explain anything right mm-hmm. it is true you don't have to it's it's the perfect out for any doctor yeah you know anybody that ever leaves the show you're like oh yeah we got an easy ride out yep so there's also been some big news in the world of comics this week um, as we know, next month is DC, DC Villain Month, and there's been a lot of problems, I guess, w- with the ordering and the shipping of the 3D. They're doing. They're going to do 3D covers. You know, the 3D motion. So there covers. are. Yeah. So for this upcoming DC Villain Month, the month of the villain through DC Comics, they're doing very special 3D lenticular covers. For this villains month in September, basically, they're you know the 3D the and lenticular meaning there's going to be some kind of movement involved in them when you look at the covers. Lenticular. You move them like back and forth. Yeah, yeah, you can move them back and forth, and there's going to be slight movement. It'll mm-hmm. look like something's happening in the picture. Lenticular, ooh, big word for you. But they're 3D. Ooh, yeah. ooh. There's a lot of big collectors' words for you, items like Stark. Well, yeah, see, that's just it. the The ordering of it has. There's a very limited number, and DC had said, you know, originally said once that these, you know, these special covers are produced, there won't be any more. What? Yeah. Then, then, then all of a sudden, you know, according, um, but it's, you know, there's like according to sites like Bleeding Clue, cool, Bleeding. God, I can't say any fucking names today. And you were getting mad about him saying Poor Rich. Poor Rich in his mouth. <laughs> No, but what what was it? It was like you know, for every hundred issues that they're producing, there's only going to be like three of these. Well, that's that's you know the it, way the, the way it's, it's not that out. bad. There was there was a very long, uh, it's a very long blog that was put up by a retailer kind of about this, mm-hmm. and we can read into it however much we want because we don't know how big his store is, we don't know how much his commentary is true or not, but basically you're going to be getting at the very most half of what you ordered. Well, I know that at the comic book store I go to for my comics, they've already said that unless you had already put an order in for these, you know, meaning you either had them on your pull as, you know, something that you wanted, there are going to be certain titles that you probably are not going to get a first run of these covers. Um, the big ones are like Joker's Daughter, Harley Quinn, Grood and Bizarro, these those four are really seeming to be the titles that people are now wanting, but are not going to be able to get the three. That are going to be the most severely restricted and allocated. Yeah, and the way the allocations mm-hmm. work, and Zethan was saying, you know, it looks like it might be, you know, for every hundred copies ordered, you're going to would receive three of these. Yeah, I mean, and that's where and I that's was where saying, like, we down. don't know, we don't know the exact exact details because it also depends on what your order is and how big your store is and how much Diamond is giving you. But yeah, I mean, you could, you could literally be in a situation where if you ordered ten, you get zero, or you ordered three hundred and you get ten. Right. Exactly. Or it could very well be that you ordered a hundred and you get you know twenty of them, which is better than nothing. Right. So the first runs of these are going to go on eBay for a lot of money, but don't worry because DC has announced that there is going to be a second printing of the three D covers. Um, but what? but I thought they were limited uh, edition one only. The DC has, uh, we already gone that. into the, you know, <laughs> we've gone into you know the back and forth. But I thought these DC. were going to be one of a kind special collectors items. Yeah, well, no. As of right now, it looks like the second printing is only to con- going to come into a um, a special collection of the entire fifty two issues. 
What? Yeah, so you're going to have to buy the whole thing in order to get the three titles that you wanted the covers of. Mm-hmm. So... I, so what you're telling me is, chances are, if I'm a typical customer, I have a really, really, really slim chance of getting the comic book I wanted, but then there's a chance I could get the comic book I wanted, but it's going to be a second printing, which isn't worth as much, obviously, and I'm going to have to buy all 50-some-odd issues. I can't just get the one that I wanted. And you have to wait till February. <laughs> yep. Fuck you, DC. <laughs> now here's the thing uh i kind of like the idea that they were going to be doing limited quantities and i kind of like the idea that it was going to be a sparse hard to find hard to get deal because let's be honest you tell me how many modern era comic books are worth any kind of money at all right now that's true that's very true name one modern day comic book that's worth any money um saga one Okay, Saga 1. How and, long is that going to be worth money when they keep doing more printings and they're doing trades? Well, that's true. You know, I mean, Saga Saga number 1, you can actually, on eBay, Saga 1 through 6 is selling for $200. Um, so that's see. great and all. I mean, that's wonderful Walking, and everything. Walking Dead but, 100 is, you know, is pretty, it's up there. Even even like the, um, the J. Scott Campbell, you know, Six hundred one, Amazing Spider Man's. They're like around twenty, thirty dollars. Sure, sure. And I mean, if we go back to uh, good old Death of Cap, um, you know, Death of Cap still holds some weight and is still worth some money. Yeah, I mean, you know, Spider Man six hundred still got some, you know, because of the content that happens inside. But yeah, you're right. A lot of the covers nowadays aren't worth as much as a lot the Golden Age ones, things like that, uh, because they're so mass produced. You know, when you have a more limited cover, especially something like a 3D cover, you know, you're uh, even like the um, the Batman Death of the Family covers. You know, when they did the the whole thing with the Joker masks with on them, right. those are worth a little bit more, and they were more limited. But generally speaking, generally speaking, the modern covers, day comic book isn't worth a lot of money. You're not going to be paying five hundred dollars, two hundred dollars for a modern day comic book, right? Mm-hmm. You know, well, I think it, unless you get it like graded and all that stuff, then it may go up there. But that's about it. Well, that usually that's you know the but only way that you're going to get a comic book to go up in price is for it to be graded. Yeah, and you it know, also costs like two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars to grade them, doesn't it? Um, it varies. It varies depending yeah. on who's doing the grading. But yeah, I mean, it, this is one of those things where. DC has said absolutely no more, and now we're going back, oh, wait a minute, we're going to give you some more, another chance, because we can make some more money because we're going to charge you, you know, to buy all a of it at one time. Yeah. yeah. It was just like when... So, yeah. I, I saw this as a really, really, uh, you know, poorly... I, I don't know how you want to say it, but it was a very poorly promotion. executed uh, idea mm-hmm. that... But at the same time... When they realized they weren't getting as much as they wanted, they might have a lot of angry customers, but they could have, for the first time in a long time, put out comic books that would have been, you know, priceless and worth money and, and highly collectible. Well, see, here's but instead, what, now they're like, oh, we'll, we'll find a way to reprint them. Well, here's what's kind of worrying me also is some stores are already being reported as offering, you know, the, the, the severely allocated titles for pre-order at a marked up price. Oh, we got the second-hand a-hole doing the, hey, we're going to buy it up. and then We're sell doing it the super... second-hand a-hole being the first-hand a-hole. Mm-hmm. You know, That's you, pretty you terrible. Have, you have now what's stopping these comic book shops from saying, oh, you know what? We didn't get Joker's Daughter in, wink, wink, but you can pre-order it from us because we're going to get it in in another shipment, but you're going to have to pay the marked-up price that it's selling for on eBay. Or, oh, yeah, we did get it in, but it's going to be $10 instead of right. whatever, $3, $4 that comic is now. Right, which to me is very fucked up. If you get it in, you know, it, it, especially, you know, certain these titles, especially if you're a customer that is a regular customer that comes in there and you can't get the one that you wanted because some assholes decided that they're going to mark it up. For me, I'm no longer going to that comic book store. Oh, yeah, definitely. On a lighter note, going back to Star Wars of sorts, 
We at Nerdables would like to congratulate George Lucas and his wife, Melanie Hobson, on the birth of their first child. They're, they had a daughter, Everest Hobson Lucas. Everest was delivered by a surrogate. So this is the first biological child for Lucas, who's now 69. Um, he did adopt three children, you know, we, Jet, Katie, and Amanda, Jet was tw- Jet's twenty now. I think Katie's twenty five, and Amanda is thirty two. Sure. And <laughs> which is funny because Melanie, his wife, is forty four. <laughs> so yeah, you know. Uh, no, as 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 much as I'm happy for him, for me, it's like when you have a kid at sixty nine, it's kind of pointless. I mean, by that time, the kid starts, you know, growing up and starts like. To the point where they want to hang out with you more, you're dead, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> you're dead. Like, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's George Lucas. He, he's got the money if he wanted to stay, you know, like, get the best doctors, whatever. It's still, <laughs> he's going to be like, in a 80. Jar like a Futurama. Yeah, he's going to be like 80 when this kid is 10. And it's just like, there's no, I mean, like, it, I don't know. For me, it's just like, I'm, I'm happy for you guys, but. Well, I, th- I think the most interesting thing here is that they used a surrogate. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, because he's 69 and, and she's, she's 44. 44. I mean, like, you think about it, you know, whenever you get up in age, they always say that there could be issues with a child. Well, think about it. She was eight years old when Star Wars came out, <laughs> the first Star Wars. <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. And he was already, you know, in his 20s, 30s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so they, they gave birth the, to... Um, they gave birth at Skywalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Or, no, I'm sorry. They didn't give birth at Skywalker Ranch. But they, they have their own maternity <laughs> ward in Skywalker <laughs> I w- Ranch. I wouldn't be surprised. But they do have, you know, the, the couple did tie the knot two months ago at Skywalker Ranch, mm-hmm. is where I was going. Did they have the droids like they did in episode two, like when uh, when Padme was giving birth to Luke and Leia? Now that would have been in episode three. Same thing. Jesus, they God. call me bad. Hey, I'm not the Star Wars nerd here. Anyways, um, congratulations to George Lucas. Yes, Alan. congratulations. I think I, I think it's cool. No, I'm like I said, I'm always happy whenever somebody has a child of their own, and you know, it's more and congratulations to them. I just think you know, he waited a little too long. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the kid's gonna grow up and go, wait, you own Star Wars and Lucasfilm, and you sold my inheritance? Are you fucking kidding me? That's that's probably why. <laughs> Anyways. I guess for time to wrap up the show. Yes. Are we going for another interesting wrap-up? No. All right. Well, anyways, for <laughs> Travis Jones, who had to bail for a audition, we'll hope the very best for him. And Good for luck, Travis. Ethan Benjamin, a.k.a. Engineer Ethan. <laughs> I expect, now that we're calling you uh, Engineer Ethan, I expect sound effects and all kinds of shit from you. I do what I can. <laughs> fuck was that you said sound effects so that wasn't a sound effect (laughs) anyways i'm rich rain and i'm telling you to go visit our facebook page which is facebook.com backslash nerdables and follow us on twitter at nerdables show and to visit our our facebook page yes visit our facebook page again do it one more time do it one more time and to visit our website at nerdables.com Thank you. You had to think about that one? I sure. did. There's so many nerdable oh shows. Nerdable. I know. Jeez. It's been one of those fucked up shows. But it's been fun because you know what? It is our 13th episode. And it is Friday. So it's Friday the 13th. Sure it is. That's S- that's the excuse we're giving everyone. So since we are talking a lot of Star Wars, everybody have a good week and may the force be with you. Ah!